Welcome to this service for Ash Wednesday. During the service, there'll be a moment when you can mark your forehead with the sign of the cross in ash if you've picked up some ash from the church porch. If you're worshipping as a household together, you could do this for each other. If you haven't any ash, though, simply make the sign of the cross on your forehead at this point. And so we greet one another as we begin our worship. Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Brothers and sisters in Christ, since early days, Christians have observed with great devotion the time of our Lord's passion and resurrection and prepared for this by a season of penitence and fasting. By carefully keeping these days, Christians take to heart the call to repentance and the assurance of forgiveness proclaimed in the Gospel, and so grow in faith and in devotion to our Lord. I invite you, therefore, in the name of the Church, to the observance of a holy Lent, by self-examination and repentance, by prayer, fasting and self-denial, and by reading and meditating on God's Word. Holy God, holy and strong, holy and immortal, have mercy upon us. Let us pray for grace to keep Lent faithfully. Almighty and everlasting God, you hate nothing that you have made, and forgive the sins of all those who are penitent. Create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may receive from you, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Bible reading this evening. Our Bible reading today is from John's Gospel, chapter 8, beginning at the first verse. Early in the morning, Jesus came again to the temple. All the people came to him and he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who'd been caught in adultery, and making her stand before all of them, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They said this to test him, so that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let anyone among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And once again he bent down and wrote on the ground. When they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the elders, and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, sir. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go your way, and from now on do not sin again. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground, said our Bible reading. No one knows what he wrote, though. It's a puzzle that's intrigued people throughout the ages. Presumably, if it was really important, we'd have been told it. So maybe he was just buying time, letting this crowd of angry people talk out the outrage that's consuming them as they try to force him either to condemn the woman they've dragged before him or to condemn himself by not condemning her. The thing I noticed, though, was that Jesus was writing on the ground, in the dust, not on a scroll, not on a wax tablet, not on the back of his hand. He literally got down to earth at this crucial moment when a vulnerable woman's life hung in the balance. He only lifts his gaze from the dust when her accusers have all slunk away, straightening up and looking around him as if he hadn't noticed them going. Has no one condemned you, he asks. Fancy that. Well, neither do I. Ash Wednesday is a down-to-earth sort of day. The traditional words that accompany the ashing are Remember you are dust, and to dust you will return. Ash Wednesday reminds us that we're all made of the stuff of the earth, a collection of atoms that's been recycled for millions of years. In our mother's wombs, our bodies were nourished and built out of the nutrients she took in, which came from the food that was grown in the earth itself. When we die, one way or another, our physical bodies will be returned to the earth, and the cycle will continue. When the writer of the book of Genesis described God making Adam out of the dust of the earth, a mud pie man, he was being more accurate than he knew then because that's essentially what we are. The word human comes from the Latin word humus, which, as any gardener will tell you, means soil. Not just any soil in gardener speak, though. Humus is the best soil, soil that's full of life, able to sustain the crops that grow in it. It may not sound very romantic to say that we're mud people, but it's true. And let's face it, there are some times when we feel muddier than others. The woman who was brought to Jesus was being dragged through the mud in more ways than one. The story says she'd been caught in adultery, but we're not told any more than that. She could have been a prostitute. She could have been well known for sleeping around with other women's husbands. She could just have fallen in love with the wrong man. But it's also possible that she'd been raped. Women were very vulnerable at the time of Jesus, and as still happens today, they often found themselves blamed for what had been done to them, accused of having asked for it, even if they hadn't had any choice in the matter. Whatever the situation, though, it's noticeable that the man she was with when she was caught is nowhere to be seen. It takes two to tango, as they say, but where is he? Whatever's going on in this encounter... It probably doesn't have much to do with justice or the facts of the case. This is one big mess, and it's this poor woman who's paying the price for it. When Jesus challenges anyone in the crowd who feels they're without sin to throw the first stone at her, the oldest of them slips away first, though. Perhaps the older you get, the more aware you are of your faults, or maybe you've just had more time to amass them. 
Anyone who can kid themselves that they're all shiny and perfect by the time they're middle-aged is a very good kidder indeed. But the good news of this story, the good news which Ash Wednesday proclaims, is that we don't have to be perfect, that we don't have to pretend. We don't have to scapegoat or to blame others, as this woman's accusers are doing. Jesus comes down to earth with us, a mud person like us, a humusy human, to show us that God loves the mud of our human existence and isn't put off by the mess it can get us into. Jesus takes that mess onto himself on the cross, endures the worst that the world can throw at him, but then shows through his resurrection that even this muckiest of soil can be the place from which new life grows. Later in this service, as we mark ourselves on the forehead with ash, or perhaps just make the sign of the cross if you haven't any ash, let's recall that the invitation to remember we are dust isn't a condemnation. It's an affirmation that God loves us, not in spite of our frailty, fallibility and mortality, but because of it. Amen. And so we come to God just as we are, and we ask for his forgiveness. Let us now call to mind our sin and the infinite mercy of God. God the Father, have mercy on us. God the Son, have mercy on us. God the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Trinity of love, have mercy on us. Most merciful God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we confess that we have sinned in thought, word and deed. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We have not loved our neighbours as ourselves. We have not forgiven others as we have been forgiven. Lord, have mercy. We have been deaf to your call to serve as Christ served us. We have not been true to the mind of Christ. We have grieved your Holy Spirit. Lord, have mercy. We confess to you, Lord, all our past unfaithfulness, the pride, hypocrisy and impatience of our lives. Lord, have mercy. Our self-indulgent appetites and ways and our exploitation of other people. Lord, have mercy. Our anger at our own frustration and our envy of those more fortunate than ourselves. Lord, have mercy. Our intemperate love of worldly goods and comforts and our dishonesty in daily life and work. Lord, have mercy. Our negligence in prayer and worship and our failure to commend the faith that is in us. Lord, have mercy. Accept our repentance, Lord, for the wrongs we have done, for our blindness to human need and suffering and our indifference to injustice and cruelty, for all false judgments, for uncharitable thoughts towards our neighbours and for our prejudice and contempt towards those who differ from us, for our waste and pollution of your creation and our lack of concern for those who come after us. Accept our repentance, Lord. 
Restore us, good Lord, and let your anger depart from us. Favourably hear us, for your mercy is great. Accomplish in us the work of your salvation, that we may show your glory in the world. By the cross and passion of your Son, our Lord, bring us with all your saints to the joy of his resurrection. So we hold silence as we make our confession. Let us pray. Father eternal, giver of light and grace, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in what we have thought, in what we have said and done, through ignorance, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We have wounded your love and marred your image in us. We are sorry and ashamed and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and lead us out from darkness to walk as children of light. Amen. So I invite you to hold your little packet of ashes, if you have some, or as we declare God's blessing on this symbol which reminds us of his love. God our Father, you create us from the dust of the earth. Grant that these ashes may be for us a sign of our penitence and a symbol of our mortality. For it is by your grace alone that we receive eternal life in Jesus Christ our Saviour. Amen. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Turn away from sin and be faithful to Christ. And so I invite you to make the sign of the cross in ash, if you have it, on your forehead. If you have no ash, then just make the sign of the cross without it. And we hear God's words of forgiveness. I pray that we take them to our hearts. The Lord enrich you with his grace and nourish you with his blessing. The Lord defend you in trouble and keep you from all evil. The Lord accept your prayers and absolve you from your offences. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. And so we join together as we greet one another in the words of the peace. And as we do this, I'd like to invite you to think of not just those who may be around you as you pray, but also those from whom you're separated. Other members of the congregation, family or friends, people to whom you belong and who belong to you. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us access to his grace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
And so, as our service draws to an end, we say these words from the first letter of John. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son. He is the sacrifice for our sins, that we might live through him. If God loves us so much, we ought to love one another. If we love one another, God lives in us. Christ, give you grace to grow in holiness, to deny yourselves, take up your cross and follow him. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen.